0: That's the beauty of downfall, I think. So I want to say that if anybody's in chaos or you've hit rock bottom, I just want to be like this, because if you're at rock bottom, you're not, that church dismantles or the container that your dream was in dismantles because you care less at that point. So you're rebuilding, like you only go up. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Hi, everyone.
1: This is not Danette. This is Brooke. Her right hand. Danette is here. For those listening audio, Danette, speak to the people.
0: Think about the idea of a right hand. Hi, right hand.
1: Yeah. I'm You're a my, big,
0: my fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth hand. Big, big deal. I'm a big <laughs> but deal. But just think about that. Like, a right hand. That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Right hand. Because historically, rights are dominant, but there's more lefties coming yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So maybe I'll be your left hand
0: in 20 she's years. She's my right and my left hand and my foot and my yeah. booty. When you're old and I'm still with you. <laughs> Why? What was the intention? Because we kind of decided to do this last minute mm-hmm. where she actually is going to be hosting the show and asking the questions. Because she was telling me, she's like, I feel like there's some questions that people have. And I don't think it's been addressed. And she really knows what people are thinking. She knows what she's thinking. So she thought, well, we'll just turn the tables and let her host the show on me.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that maybe haven't. There's a lot of people who have heard your full story and there's a lot of people who haven't. So I almost kind of want to go there a little bit because I think it might even be a shock for some people listening that you grew up in a really deeply religious environment. And so I'd love you to kind of start off talking about that. Yeah.
0: And if you want to get into more details, you can read my book, The Rise, because I did share quite vulnerably in there about kind of where I've got been and kind of what led me to here and where I desire to go. But yeah, I grew up in a very religious home um, and it wasn't just a religious home. It was built on our ancestors crossing the plains. So grew up Mormon or our uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is how they would like to be known as, and I, I, I feel a huge connection. So it's not like I don't have the same practices all the time, but I obviously have a deep respect for it and reverence for it. Just be, even though I'm making different choices because my great grandmas and grandfathers sacrificed their lives for this religion, right. And walked across the plains, So it was deeply embedded in me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: And so so you grew up deeply religious. Talk about like when did things start to shift for you? Because I think the thing about you is that I've never heard you identify as like I'm ex-Mormon per se. Like I've never heard you say that, mm-hmm. but your, your belief system started to shift. So like when did that all – kind of change and when mm-hmm. did you maybe open your eyes up to different possibilities in the spiritual realm
0: yeah i love that you brought up that i don't identify as a certain thing and i really try not to identify as anything like vegetarian paleo mormon ex mormon divorced ex you know married what I try to recognize that I'm evolving and actually we all are. And as soon as we label ourselves, we are putting our own box around ourselves. So I don't even want to say ex-Mormon because to me, Mormon is in my blood, right? Like, my family is Mormon and my family is part of me. And so I I, I really love that you brought that up because I really try and I tell my kids to don't label themselves too. Like just be really aware that you don't have to be anything. You can be all of it and nothing. So you get to choose. But that is part of my journey. I think it actually came to me. I don't think that I chose it necessarily. I think my I think there was always a little girl inside of me who had a lot of questions about life and a lot of curiosity and intuition even. But I wasn't, when you're in a deep, deep religion, sometimes you don't, you get turned off on your intuition because it doesn't jive with what you're being told you should think or feel. And so you get good at turning it off. And for me, I married someone who I thought was going to get me to the sacred kingdom (laughs) to get me to this holy level. And so I wasn't marrying somebody who, it almost felt, even though no one contractually made me marry this person, it felt like I was making a contract with my religion with this person. I put myself in this situation because I thought it was holy. Interesting. Hang on. Okay,
1: hang on. Hang on one second. So... I want you to elaborate this on this a little bit more. Do you feel like you went into that marriage because you're like, was it ever influence of like, oh, he's a very good like, Mormon. I grew up in yeah, he's a good Mormon boy. He, he's yes. a good Mormon boy. One thousand percent okay. Or was it like, versus you were being told, or you were like, oh well, the Mormon inside me should want to be with a good Mormon boy, or was it a little bit of both?
0: I was madly in love with a guy before him madly. Like my whole body and soul loved this human so much. And we both loved each other so much, but it was not even an option in my religion in my family that I would marry outside my religion. He was not Mormon. No. And my parents made sure he knew it. They would write, my mom wrote him letters telling him that if he loved me, he would not be with me because this is not going to work out. Wow. And I broke up with him only because he was not a Mormon. And I loved him so much. I still to this day think about him. And I chose somebody who was Mormon who I thought was, and I thought if I wasn't sexually wound up with him, that that made me extra holy I was so—and no one taught me this. Like, I don't think this is, like—I don't want to put this on Mormonism because there's a great group of people, like, that choose someone they deeply love, and they're Mormon, and it all works out for them. But for me, I was choosing somebody who I could feel holy with, that I felt like I was being an extra good Mormon.
1: Okay, hang on. So you were saying that you chose him— Because you didn't necessarily feel super sexually attracted to him. Yeah, because that made me feel holy. That was holy. But you felt sexually attracted to this other, like, guy. And that made it not holy. Yeah. So fascinating.
0: Yeah. Wow. Really crazy. Okay, wait. I have a question.
1: Do you feel the man that you married, he was sexually attracted to you? Do you feel that—or he also was like, she's a good Mormon girl. That's
0: why I want to give him mad respect because—and it it is kind of sad. I feel— kind of bad about it because his experience is different than my experience and it was like that from day one and it was tough on him you know because he I don't think was marrying me the same way I was marrying him and he was a good person you know and so it causes a lot of problems when someone's not feeling the same is not on the same wavelength we just weren't yeah we just weren't Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So you go into this marriage, Yeah, not sexually attracted. Are you still kind of in love with this other guy when you're in this marriage?
0: Totally. So you're still, part of you is still in love, which we've all experienced that. I was almost a runaway bride. I- my intuition was sc- we actually went to go get our marriage certificate and right before we went to open the door to go inside the building I made us leave and go back a week later. My intuition was in full high steam and I just thought it was normal to be scared to get married, which I think some people can have nerves, but this was like bad. And then even when all, and my family I was getting my hair done to get married and my family was like, it's totally normal. It's normal to be this nervous because I wanted to run so far and never come back.
1: Wow. So but you, I still went through with it. You, your mind told you it was fear and nerves and everybody else was telling you it was fear and nerves. Yep. But now, you know, oh, it was
0: intuition. It was intuition. And I don't regret any of it. Obviously, I think sometimes we can make these choices. I believe in destiny. I believe you'll Maybe you're going around a bend or maybe it led you to this next discovery or this next thing. And I do think that it's all led me to where I am today. So I don't regret any of it. But honestly, I think I could have maybe gone a different route to where I am today. Maybe it would have been a little bit more. Yeah, but it was, a yeah, I
1: mean, I think it was a part of your soul's journey. Like you had to go on that. I, to go,
0: oh, this is what it feels like not to listen to your intuition. Exactly. This is what it feels like to listen to your intuition.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah. I do believe that, yeah, whether it was that scenario or something very yeah. similar, you would have experienced it. Yeah. Okay, this is so fascinating. I've never gotten to these, like, nitty-gritty details with you. So this <laughs> I'm is like, fun I'm nervous me. to put this episode out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you end up getting married. You're in it. Then when did it really start to shift for you of— like being like, wait, is this really the life I want? Do I really want to have all of this? Do I really, like, when did it really start to shift?
0: It was shifting from day one, but I would have screaming fits in my car, like meltdowns by myself the first year of marriage. But I came from the mindset that once you got married, you stay married for life. So for me, there was no getting out of this relationship. And then it, I think what happened honestly is my I got pregnant with my second child, and that to me, when you get pregnant with a child and you have a child with someone, you definitely don't leave them like that's like unless they're beating you, you do not leave them, and they or they're a drug addict, and he was neither, right? So that was just not even an option. and so I got pregnant with our second child, which was going to be a little boy, and I remember sitting in the rocking chair and having this rare calm moment and, like, rubbing my belly to get him to move. And just because I liked feeling your baby move in your belly, it's such a cool feeling. And he wasn't moving. He wasn't moving the more I was wrestling my belly. And I I had strong intuition something was wrong. Like, go to the hospital, something's wrong. And I now know, but at the time I just was like, so good at shutting off my intuition that I just got up and did the dishes. I was like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to face this. So I'm going to just make myself busy. And I share this because I think a lot of us do this. We go hang out and get drunk or we go do, hang out with the same friends and we're just getting slammed. And I think that if you, you're like, we've heard that you're going to get knocked with intuition. And if you keep not listening, you're going to get head over the head. And for me, I know now why I didn't listen is because if I listened to my intuition in that situation, I would need to listen to my intuition in every situation, my marriage, my religion, my choices, where I lived, the life I was living, I would have to dismantle everything. So it was either I was going to dismantle everything or this child was going to dismantle everything. And this child came in to wake me up 1000%. I feel that. So obviously, I went to the hospital later that night, because I started bleeding. And I came home to an empty car seat, empty you know, nursery, no baby. It was the lowest I've ever, ever been. And honestly, it it wasn't like I woke up overnight, but it, it unraveled things for me. It was like almost hit such an extreme rock bottom of depression and sadness and shame and guilt and all the emotions that I was like, screw it. Either I'm going to take my life or I'm going to live my life for me. And I did try to take my life one of the nights and I just kind of got to the, I think there was something that snapped in me. It was literally like, I'm going to leave this earth or I'm going to create my own.
1: Wow. What really stuck out to me is what you said about, I knew that I had to trust my intuition or I had to listen. If I listened to my intuition in this moment, it meant I had to listen to it and everything else. And you knew what that meant. And I think a lot of us Mm -hmm. are doing this. We choose not to listen to our intuition in a small moment that could be detrimental and a huge losing a child, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Totally. And it's like, really, we just don't want to confront it in other areas of our life. Absolutely.
0: And we do this with health problems. We don't listen to our bodies Mm -hmm. when our bodies are screaming with low back pain or neck pain or migraines. And we just think that it's something else when it's actually something going on in our life. Mm.
1: So have you always known that you wanted to like help people, like that, that you've wanted to help people, that you care about people, you care about humanity? When did that really come in?
0: Yeah, I remember always telling my parents that I wanted to take people to the mountains and run retreats. I think that's so interesting. I would tell them that. I told them that I was going to adopt like fifty kids too, but I haven't done that. <laughs> but I would Next tell them actually. that I wanted to bring people to the mountains, and I wanted. I am. I specifically remember being like twelve, and knowing that I was going to impact a lot of women's lives. You just knew. Yeah, which I know sounds so strange. I thought it was in the church realm. I thought I was going to be like the women's church president of all the women globally. Oh, wow. Cuz I just felt like I was going to be impacting millions of women's lives. You just didn't know how it was going to show yeah. up yet.
1: Okay, so let's go back to that intuition as a child and this intuition that you had growing up in this religion and not really knowing it was your intuition. How did it show up for you? Was it a feeling? Was it a knowing? Was it a seeing? When, How did that intuition show up for you in those stages of you didn't know it was intuition? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it would be like, for example, when I was 12, like I can remember it. I remember thinking somehow I'm standing speaking and there's millions of women listening. Like I would see it, but I, I always put it myself like with a microphone, which is interesting. With a microphone and they were listening on TV and they were out in a... But that wouldn't be abnormal in a Mormon culture. They do like church services and broadcast it live. So my human brain would think that it was church because I didn't know anything else. How else was I going to reach these people? So that's fascinating. So I would see it and now I'm kind of doing the same thing, but just not through the church. But I would see it and then that became annoying. And that's always been how... I work, but I don't think everyone needs to work that way. Like, I think some people know, some people see, some people hear. I tend to see things and sometimes lately I hear things and I don't know why I'm hearing things. That's a new one for me. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And going back to what you said of, like, you saw yourself speaking on a stage, Mm -hmm. speaking in a microphone. Mm -hmm. And your brain decided it was to the church. And so like, how many times in our life, we talk about this all the time. How many times in our lives do we decide what is supposed to that context? Yes. Yeah. And then we are, for lack of better terms, cock blocking our big vision.
0: Yeah. Because (laughs) we're like, wait, it's not in a church.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that's just one example, but we.
1: You easily, yeah. You easily could have been like, oh, nope, nope, nope. Like, this, I can't go down this path because I'm supposed to be this person on the stage Mm -hmm. helping the church women. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's the beauty of downfall, I think. So I want to say that if anybody's in chaos or you've hit rock bottom, I just want to be like this because if you're at rock bottom, you're not, that church dismantles or the container that your dream was in dismantles because you care less at that point. Yeah. So you're rebuilding, like you only go up. Yeah. I'm going to shift things. I have had this question I've never asked you.
1: Ooh. And so, Danette has a tendency, if you've watched any of Danette's stuff, she has a tendency of saying I love you a lot mm-hmm. on camera to people to in people in coaching.
0: Interesting. And do. all the time, you're
1: like, I love you. Thank you so much. And, like, when I first watched it, I was like, this chick is fake. Like, how could she actually – say, I love you to Mm -hmm. all these random people that she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that if I thought it felt, it looked fake, I'm guessing it probably feels fake to other people. So I want to, I know that you do genuinely love people. Like Mm -hmm. I know this now. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, I don't know. I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I want to talk about this. Like when you are saying, I love, like, you're like, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Like you genuinely do love these people. You like talk about that
0: oh my gosh, you know, there's a part of me that's, uh, I don't know, okay, like for those of you who have children, you know how if you're like really looking, like if you were sitting with like a parent counselor that was like telling you how to be a good parent, they would be like, how often are you telling your children that you love them? And I think often even as parents, you do love your children. And even if you say, I love you, like like they're leaving out the door and you're like, I love you. Versus like you're sitting eye to eye with them in their bed and they're having a moment and you're having a moment with them and they're they're really sad or they're going through something and you're like, I love you. You still love them, but sometimes you're saying it fleeting like because you've been taught that that's important. They need to hear that. Like love, that word love and that feeling of love just needs to be in your aura. You should be saying I love you to everyone that you care about. And I think so. I think you're right. It could feel fake because probably I'm saying it out of conditioning because like the kid leaving off for school, I love you. Have a great day. That's not the same impact as if we were eye to eye in the bed and they were having a moment, but the love is still there. And so I just want to be someone who's saying it because the world needs more of it. So I want to say it all the time, as much as I can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that you know is that words hold a lot of power Mm -hmm. in physically, scientifically in the body. Mm -hmm. We know that our bodies are 80% water and it's actually been studied on, mine doesn't have anything, but these glass water bottles, they carve these words into the side and the actual intention of that word is infused into the water and that you can see the crazy, it's just like that rice experiment that you've talked about before. So it actually does do things to the body. It does healing things to the body. Yeah, it could
0: be selfish on my part. Maybe I'm trying to heal myself with the word love. And honestly, yeah, it may not feel super genuine because in that moment it it may not be, but I can love people without seeing them. I can love people without knowing them. You can be loved without someone just being in bed with you looking in your eyes. You know, you can be loved. Do you ever feel like you need an extra push to feel inspired or motivated to take on the day? I know I do at times. And are you searching for a sign to nudge you one step closer to achieving your goals? I've decided to do something and I'm doing it absolutely free. All you have to do is text joy. You're going to text joy to 720. Grab your pen and paper right now. 720-706-5956. And I'm going to send you free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. We don't have to do this life alone. I want to be there as a support. So just go ahead and simply text JOY to 720-706-5956. And I'm going to be sending you free. It might be an affirmation or encouragement, maybe a meditation, something that will help you start your week in the right foot with a simple message from me. Again, text JOY. And I'm going to give you that number one more time, 720-706-5956 to receive free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. I love you.
1: What is, when you think back, this a major highlight or a major like moment of pure bliss and satisfaction in your life? What is that first moment that comes up for you?
0: This is not staged, guys, but it's going to sound it. (laughs) Honestly, Manifestable is my latest one. I have been thinking about Manifestable and putting on a Manifestable. I didn't know the word was going to be Manifestable, but I knew the vision. I've seen the vision. It was starting to formulate more and more. And I would try to explain it to people. And I knew I sounded like a crazy person. And even Brooke told me when I was like wanting her to help me with this vision that she didn't quite get it. I didn't. And I knew because I would tell people about it and they'd kind of get a glossed over look. And I remember even having a conversation with my husband. I like had a panic moment because I'm like, I'm creating manifestable. I'm putting all this money, all this time. I've hired somebody to come on with me. You need to tell me if I'm crazy. Like you, you need to stop me now because I know you're all for my dreams and stuff. And you are amazing that, and and a husband should root for the dreams of his wife. But I'm asking you right now to tell me if you think I'm crazy because I should stop this if, if there's a part of you. And I remember he just swallowed and he's like, no, you do, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, I'm not Crazy, I think he would really genuinely tell me, but you guys, I had this dream for like six years and it was all just in my head. I there was no filaments of it. There's not like I've had music training, there's not any, so it was just it felt really out there. And then we put on our first one for my birthday, and to see people dancing, to feel the music, to have these Mayan dancers tell me that the song that we created. They wanted, because they wanted to dance to it. These are real Mayan indigenous dancers. And I was like, whoa. And to see, and that some people told me things that they manifested from that event. I was like, that was such pure joy for me. It was so, I was so high. It was like blissed out. I was like, I just want to do manifestivals the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. That makes me so
1: happy. And honestly, it was like so fun. That entire
0: weekend,
1: in Cancun was so fun because I have only known you for about a year. Mm -hmm. And so I never saw these stages, obviously, of you like going, you know, deeply religious to being in a marriage, to being to divorce, to like grinding to start all these businesses, being a single mom. Like I never saw you do all of that. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, and some people they say, oh, you missed out on the party years of college, all whatever you decide. But you, you were grinding for a very long time in your life and mm-hmm. you lo- loved what you did and you were having fun doing it. But I think what was really fun for that weekend is like you played, oh, like yeah. you, you put on Festival, which was fun. It was nerve wracking, but it was fun. And then you were just like hooping it up and celebrating your birthday. And like just uh, April, who's on our team, who's been with you for what, 10 years? Yeah. She was like, I love seeing Danette like this. Like, I love seeing Danette be able to just really celebrate and enjoy life and have fun. And, like, that was fun for me, too, to see that for you Mm. and be like, because you deserve that. And can you
0: imagine, like, I've decided now in my businesses or, like, my contribution through me, through creation or whatever, I'm not, because I had a story that I needed to slip my wrist to make an offering to the world, to create something for the world or to make money or to be a creator or whatever or a business owner and now I'm like oh my gosh I can make such a creation and have so much fun doing it mm-hmm. and I can I don't have to slip my wrist for it no so that's And like the new. other
1: thing that's really cool about you that maybe a lot of people do not know is that you don't have to work another day in your life. And I know you have a hard time like sharing that with people because it feels braggy. It feels braggy. But it's so impressive. Like you do not need to have to work another day in your life, but you're still choosing to do this. Like putting on... This and putting on manifestables and the sometimes I'm
0: wondering if I'm crazy, but
1: it's it's not a cheap endeavor at all. Sometimes
0: I'm like I'm burning through my money. Like
1: (laughs) you hired me full time to come on and do this. Like it's like. I made an
0: investment with Brooke. Big investment. And like,
1: you know, all of this is an investment. And so it's just like you're still in it. And I'm like, I say it all the time. I'm like, Danette works harder than like anyone I know. But it's like you're so fired up and passionate and driven. Mm -hmm. It's just really fun to watch. I want to ask you, is there something you want to talk about that nobody really asks you about?
0: I I feel like I want to be asked about marrying this metaphysical way of being with the physical. Cause I also see a spectrum where this like spiritual, for lack of a better word, communities like all you do is just visualize and I do nothing. And I sit here naked and I pray and I have this massive business, which I'm like, no, you pay your bills. That's not a massive sustainable business. You pay your bills, which is you maybe have money to buy a purse and a car But I'm talking about wealth that's passive income that's – you don't have to work another day in your life. You truly don't – like can you marry those two? And I feel like I see a lot of really high-end entrepreneurs, but they're grinding, 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 and they're not taking on that metaphysical piece. So I feel like I want to marry those two and help people in that possibly. I don't know. I don't want to create a course. I don't want to like – be a mentor in it, but I would love to talk more about it and help people because I have my friends that are like dealing with that and they don't quite grab the metaphysical quite yet.
1: Do you feel like the metaphysical has been a big part of your business from the beginning or is it something that came in later? It was always a
0: part of the business. Always. It's always been a part of this next evolution of me from finding my business partner, my husband, to all the businesses that were created were all built off knowing and seeing it before it was ever built.
1: Interesting. Yeah. That's super fascinating, yeah. Because we use it. I mean, you and I drop in all yeah. together all often in mm-hmm. like really
0: visual. We use it. We use these modalities. We don't just talk about them. We actually do it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. we want to talk more about metaphysical
0: in yeah. business,
1: specifically in business,
0: and well, if business that's conscious, like people that are actually creating stuff to help people. Yeah, yeah. Not just business for the sake of business, but yeah, yeah. What is the dorkiest thing about you? There's so many. (laughs) It's like, where do we begin? (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, where do we begin? I'm trying to think what my husband would say. He'd be like, she makes up words. Like, I'll make them up my own language and just hope you grab a hold of it. I'm just a dork. I don't know. You are a dork, though, and I love that about you. I'm really a dork. You really are. Like My husband calls me a dorkopotamus dorkopotamus i'm a dorkopotamus that's funny yeah i love it yeah what, what makes what, what what dorky side oh, do you see
1: i just think it's like i find you so fascinating it's so many arenas <laughs> like i think i told you the first time i met you in person was the costa rica retreat that we did and i had been working like on your team working with you a week or something like that but you had hired my business prior to And I just remember, and maybe I've talked about this before, the things that you'll invest money into and like not blink an eye, and then the things that you get bent out of shape about, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. like you Cups. Cups. This is, I'm exactly going to talk about these cups, you know, because I brought this up so many times. So
0: what she's talking about is I will drop a lot of money to stay at a five-star place, or to buy a certain food. Like there's certain value systems, but they're like extreme amounts of money. And then there'll be cups. That cost
1: $2. And she's like, I'm talking like paper cups because we're going to drink kombucha on the beach. And she's like, don't buy too many cups. Like we're going to break the budget. I just, it's so fascinating. I will never get over it. And I remember like saying to you, and I barely knew you, being like, the way that you spend money is so fascinating to me. But then you shared like, a story about, didn't you and Craig go on a trip somewhere and you stayed to visit your friends and you stayed at a hotel nearby because they serve free cookies
0: or yeah, something? I, my husband was like, I'm like, they have bikes and free cookies. And he's like, what? That's why you wanted to be here? And I'm like, well, it's less expensive. And he just was like, wow, like the way your brain, and I've had to do a lot of work around it. you guys. It's been a lot of deep internal work around abundance for me to get to where I am today too. So that's also the metaphysical piece that I love is like I've had to do it to get to where I'm at. And the reason I bring this up,
1: the reason I say it's the dorkiest thing about you is because I actually feel like it's not from a place anymore of lack and scarcity. To me, it's like, it's just so humbling of like, you're still this like country girl at heart and like that grew up on
0: a farm and is like worried about the cups. My husband actually can, he's a dork in this way too. We're sitting downstairs. This is not too long ago. And you know how you like buy Xfinity and you have all these channels and you might have Hulu and you might have all the things. And then randomly you'll go to a movie and it'll be like $5.99 on Xfinity. You have to pay extra to rent it. And our kids were like, we want to rent this movie. I mean, we want to watch this movie and we pull it up and it's like $5.99 to rent it because it doesn't come with our Xfinity package. And I was like, I'm not paying for that. And they were like, what? We we all want to watch this show tonight. And I was like, it's $5.99. And they were like, you're the weirdest millionaires we've ever met. You don't want to pay. And I was like, it's the principal. (laughs) What is your friend? I forgot his name. Your friend. Oh, yeah. Because see, I won't buy extra things. I don't like a lot of excess. And I I think we had four forks, like big four forks and like. Maybe six smaller salad ones, (laughs) and we have four people in our family. But him visiting made fifth. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a fork. So he got a salad fork, (laughs) and he was like, "You're the richest person who doesn't have forks that I know."
1: (laughs) It's just like that's what I love about you, though. It's like you don't care about the flash and all of that. Like you love nice things, but it's like you're so down to earth at heart, and like. We might need to cut this out if you decide. But you go to Danette's house, and it's stunning and beautiful, and you have dinner, and then their dog licks their plates.
0: <laughs> She's still fulfilling it on our duty. We all have a role. We all have a role. She's to clean the plates. It,
1: it, it is a normal thing. Everybody puts their flate, plate on the ground, and the dog licks it. It's <laughs> and then we
0: put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's
1: just the most amazing thing I love about you. It's like that's the kind of stuff, and— I don't know. It's just, it's fun. But yeah, Yeah. I think the reason I want to bring all that up is because I do think a lot of people really put you on a pedestal. Mm. And I understand why I get... Why? I'm
0: going higher on that pedestal now because they're like, oh, dog licking. Yeah, baby. Mm. Dog licking. (laughs) But it's
1: like, we also have to understand like everyone's human. And like Mm -hmm. we were just talking before podcast episode with John and he works with a lot of celebrities and he was saying like, I just approach them like a human. Like that's Mm -hmm. how we have to do things. Just Mm -hmm. approach people like a human. Yeah. On that note, have you ever really fangirled about someone like no. No, you because you're not really starstruck. Like, no. that's not a
0: thing for you. No. But probably because I didn't really grow up watching movies, so I didn't really know any celebrities to fangirl. The only—this <laughs> is so dorky of me to say. Here we go. Now the truth's out. Brooke thinks I'm a dork. She just named it on 100%. the podcast. But the only celebrity I knew was Patrick Swayze. <laughs> and I bought a Patrick Swayze poster to put in my room as a teenager, so— he was really the only person I'd be like, oh, Patrick Swayze. But even then, I would have been like, oh, cool, Patrick Swayze. Your I don't know. Your parents
1: allowed a Patrick Swayze poster in oh, your Oh, yeah. Oof.
0: Really? I'm surprised, too. We're, like, praying <laughs> for you. He had <laughs> jeans on and no yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no shirt? No shirt. And
1: you had a poster hung up in your room with yeah. him? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah. If it was a girl in a bikini, she would have been out, but a guy without a shirt on its in. Interesting. Yeah. So I think I might be a little nervous for Oprah, but then I'd get over it real fast, I think. Yeah. I don't think I fangirl too much. No, you really
1: don't. No. It's really interesting. I mean, I haven't really seen you around a lot of like celebrity celebrities, but
0: like I think there are people that are less known that I would be more excited to meet than a lot of celebrities. Yeah. What we call celebrities. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
1: To wrap this up, I would like to ask you a question that you ask everyone else. You're standing in a room of a million people. Mm-hmm. You have one thing you can say to them, one sentence, one word, one piece of advice. What would you say? You are loved.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If I could make it land, that would be it. Yeah. hmm I love that. I want to talk about Manifestable really quick. Yeah. Because I think some people are wondering what this is. And you see this intend, move, unite, create. And this is my next endeavor. This is why I brought Brooke on. And I think it feels, I'm going to speak Mandarin. Just kidding. I'm going to speak a different (laughs) language, but I want you to understand because you may come to a manifestable event. We called the podcast manifestable because we wanted it to be a marketing platform for the bigger mission of what this is. And also, I ultimately on this podcast want you to understand your power because at Manifestable, we're using these bodies as antennas. And I really believe that sometimes in the spiritual world, we can get so that everything's out here outside of these bodies, but we obviously were born in a body, and I actually believe these bodies are antennas. And they can be used whether we decide to use our frequency, our energies for manifesting and creating like they are like little honing devices and we're not our bodies, but we live in these bodies, these little honing devices. And so Manifestable is taking music that you would love to dance to genuinely, like at a club or whatever, but we're taking these ancient sounds like from Egypt, from, and I I say they're from Egypt, I don't really know, but I'm sensing that. And we're infusing these frequencies, these sounds that I believe are healing sounds that have somewhat been lost, like sounds of bees humming. Like, these aren't, that's not new. Like, we've known that certain frequencies of bees humming actually have done deep healing on different parts of the body. Ants emit a frequency that creates them moving through the sand, it's not their little legs. (gasps) And There's frequencies being studied around moving objects. And so taking these frequencies and infusing them in beats that you want to move to so your antenna moves, I believe is going to create this healing within the body. But if you come into a container, you have an intention, you're moving your body to these frequencies, and you're actually seeing visuals that actually have been studied to elongate telomeres and to enhance your mitochondria and your dendrites. That actually what's going to create healing, and that's all scientifically backed. But then if we all come together and we intend one thing, then we have a massive collective movement of really making an impact on the planet. So Manifestable to me is about people having their own manifestations come to light and to fruition and then hopefully as a collective, we can do it together. We can dance to one beat. We can dance to these frequencies and create massive change on the planet.
1: In a super fun way. Like Super fun way. So Like fun. music you
0: would dance to anyway.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the piece that I'm always like trying to talk more about is that it sometimes I think these spiritual terms that we throw around can feel really, really intimidating. And so – I think sometimes people are looking at these types of events and they're like, oh, well, I'm not spiritual or I don't want to wear like, like all the white. Yeah. The and things. feathers and glitter and all that. Like, you don't have to do that. You can literally show up in your street clothes and have a fun dancing experience. Most people do,
0: actually. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. not, it's not about, looking a certain way. It's about feeling really good and like really connecting to that intention and that manifestation. So it's about just having fun. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when we have more fun, we solve the world anyway. So why not Well, you're
0: actually more of a high vibrational antenna to create more when you're in that state of bliss. It's all scientifically back. So it's super
1: fun. Yeah. So we used to have some fun events coming in 2023. Yeah. Big ones in 2024. Yeah. So... Website is coming out, Manifestival.com. Check it out.
0: Yeah, we booked events before the website, which is quite amazing. And I just hope to see anybody watching at one of these events when we do announce it, which we will announce on the podcast when it is open to the public. Sometimes private events will book us. But this is I guarantee you'll be at one if you want to be at one. So maybe put that on your intention and we would love to dance with you under the stars.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you like the podcast, can you do us a huge favor and follow? Hit the little the little check mark on Apple Podcast. Leave a review. Honestly, you have no clue how much leaving a review and following really supports us in this. Yeah, because like, it's podcasts
0: huge. you are paying money to put it out.
1: A lot of money. <laughs> This, I'm is just a lot being of money. honest. <laughs> so, really, like that's our only form of feedback. Yeah. If you follow and you leave a review, mm-hmm. that is our form of feedback, yeah. and it really means the world. It means the world to both of us, yeah. but really to Dinette because she's Thank putting you. a lot of time and energy into this. So,
0: I love you guys. Cheers. We're in here growing together. So, thanks for taking time to listen and to to leave an honest review. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brooke, for your amazing questions. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast. All right, bye, bye. bye.